The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Pegimal. Today's daf is being studied by Anu Neshmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We begin today's daf on Pegimal Amudishon on the second line. The Mishnah said, "Chole Ma'achilin Oto Alpi Bekiin." We learned in the Mishnah that a person that is sick on Kippur, you can feed him with the consent of Bikiin, which means expert doctors. And if doctors tell him that he has to eat, Bikiin implies two, and therefore he's able to eat. It should be pointed out that the Mishnah concluded and said, if there's no Bikiin, then already you can feed him a piatzmo, then you can feed him according to his own um, estimation. Amar <coughs> So now we learn two teachings from the Yanai. Number one, the sick guy says, I need it. Meaning he knows that he's, he needs to eat. He feels uh, that he's in Sakana. But the doctor comes along and says, hey, no, that does not, You don't need. So it's his word against the doctor. You listen to the patient. Because A person knows... His own bitterness. Nobody knows a person's own bitterness more than himself. So if he's saying that he's sarikh, he's sarikh. So the Gemara says, Peshita. What do you mean? It's obvious. If he's saying he needs it, I mean, he knows what he feels. So the Gemara says, Maybe you say, well, he's going up against the doctor. Maybe the doctor knows more than he knows. So maybe you think you go with the expertise of the doctor. No. That when the guy says that he needs, you give him. So that's the first case of Rabbi Anai. Now we get to the second case. Rofe Omer Sarich. The Rofe, the doctor says you have to eat. Sarich. Vehole Omer Eno Sarich. But the patient says, I'm okay. I don't have to eat. Shumain the Rofe. Again, in this case, you listen to the doctor that's telling you, eat. My Ta'amahat. So what's the reason? Meaning, the patient knows what he's saying. The patient says, I don't need. Kibara says, no. Tunba hu denakitle. Tunba meaning from his sickness he became delirious. And therefore, he doesn't know what he's saying. You can't trust the a sick patient to make a uh, a, a, a proper assessment of his uh, situation. So therefore, you take the doctor. So basically, Rabbi two rules are, is you always go with the one that says Sarikh. Whether it's the patient that says Sarikh against the doctor, or whether it's the doctor that says Sarikh against the patient. Kavz says, we have a Mishnah. Tenan, we learned in our Mishnah. Choneh. Ma'akilin oto alpi bekiin that you feed the patient according to the consent of what two doctors. So the Gemara makes a diuk bekiin alpi bekiin in only because you have the consent of what two alpi small no. But the diuk is that if it's only uh, his own himself, so you don't uh, trust him. What do you mean? But Rabbi Anai said that if the chole says sarich, right? You give him. What do you mean? Al Mishnah's mash, but the only time you give the patient to eat is if you have two doctors saying it. So that's the first contradiction from Al Mishnah against Rabbi Anai's statement. Second contradiction, Al Pi Bikiin In. Furthermore, even when we do give him consent, it's only with the consent of Bikiin, which is two doctors. Al Pi Baki Ehad, no. But one doctor, no. Which means in the second statement of Rabbi Anai, what did he say? The Rofeted Sarikh. It's one doctor. One doctor saying Sarikh, you tell the patient to eat. What do you mean? Amishnah said that you need the consent of 
two doctors. So therefore the Mishnah poses a double problem against both statements of Rav Yanai. Number one, it's masked by that only doctors can give consent, not the patient himself. And furthermore, it's mashma that it's got to be two doctors and not and not one. So the Gemara says, What's the case in the Mishnah? Which means the case is where the patient himself, in the case of our Mishnah, where we're saying that the doctors come along and say, you got to eat, because the patient is saying, I don't need. So first learn the case of Mishnah. I mean, the first case of Mishnah was this Choleh. It's a case where the Hole says, Lotzarich, I don't have to eat. And therefore the Mishnah says, what? You have two doctors, experts to come along and say, eat. Now hold it. That still poses a problem. Why? According to Rabbi Anai, all you need is one doctor to give the consent. I understand what you did. You learned the case of the Mishnah where the guy is saying, Lotzarich, I don't need. Okay, good. But the Mishnah is saying you don't need, but you need the consent of two doctors. Why? Even one doctor is enough. So the Gibran says, no, you know what the case is? Ah, besides the patient saying, he has another doctor with him that's also saying, So now you have really two that are saying, the with another doctor. So then, in order to get consent, you're going to need two bikiim. According to Rabbi Yanai's case, it was one against one. When it comes to the patient's word, Lot Sarik, and the doctor says Sarik, one against one, you go with the doctor. But our Mishnah is talking about a case where not only the patient said Lot Sarik, there was somebody else with the patient also confirmed Lot Sarik. Oh, then in order to feed the patient, the Mishnah says you need two bikiim, two experts. So the Gibra says, Ma'achirin oto alpi bikiim. So therefore, why you feed them, you know, uh, with the consent of the two expert doctors? So Gibra says, Peshita. I mean, uh, of course, Safek Nefashotu. The Safek Nefashot, I kill. Isn't it obvious? Which is that we have, this is an issue of where the man's life is on the line. So you have a question. You have two guys saying, Lot Sarikh. You have expert doctors saying, Sarikh. Do I need a Mishnah to tell me that you side on the side of caution? I mean, of course, the only evidence is a situation of Pekuanefes over here. The man's life is on the line. Of course you have to go with the doctors that are going to tell him. To, what is the point of our Mishnah? So the Gemara says a Hadush. Lot Serikha de'ika tre'acharini ba'adeh. You didn't only have one doctor confirming Lot Serikha. You actually had two. Which means you had three People that are saying the Chole himself plus two Lot Sarich, the Amre Lot Sarich. Oh, now comes comes uh, this. You have three on the Lot Sarich, and you have two Bikiin saying Sarich. Oh, now we have to analyze the Amar, the Afagad, the Amar of Safra. The Ezra of Safra taught us Tre Kemea Umea Ketre. Meaning, when it comes to testimony in a betting. Two witnesses are like a hundred witnesses, and a hundred witnesses are like two witnesses. Which means, there's no difference once you get to two, so already that's the strongest the, the strongest amount. So over here, technically, the fact that you have three on this side, three is like a hundred. Uh, the fact that you have two on the other side, two is like, which means the chawra, it's all, it's all the same. Oh, which means the only we say that numbers don't make a difference past two, that's only by testimony. But when it comes to making an assessment, which means, for example, a person owes money. Okay? So they have to make an assessment how much his property is worth. So you have to go now and make a shuma that they call it. You have to start analyzing what his value is. Then you do count opinions. Which means then already three is three. And two is two, which means let's say you have three come along to make the assessment say it's worth a thousand dollars, right? And two come along and say no, it's worth five hundred dollars. You go with the three because the three are the majority in number. So in edut, two hundred, hundred two is equal. In umdina, in assessments, then already you go according to the numbers. Ah, 
But that's only on an assessment of money. But when it comes to an assessment that has life and death, even though you have three that are saying he doesn't need, the Hidush is to go with the two doctors. Again, isn't this an umdah? It's not a testimony. This is an umdah. What are we doing? We're making an assessment. Does the man need to eat or not? It's a judgment call. What's the rule by umdina cases? You go with the majority of opinions. Correct? Which is when you make your umdina by mamonot. Don't you go with majority opinions? You got three that assess it one way and two assess it another way. You go with the three. Oh, so umdina, you go with opinions. I might have thought, well, I got the patient plus two other guys that are saying he doesn't need. I got the opinion of only two doctors that are saying he needs. Well, according to the rule of Umdana, go with the three. Or she go with opinions, you go with De'ot. Kamash Falan the Mishnah, no. Here you have an issue of life over here. When it comes to life, even though we have three on one side, you go with the two experts. So therefore, if you're going back to read our Mishnah, very important how to read the Mishnah when you're learning it. But when you read the first case of the Mishnah that says, You have to read into the case. It's a chole that says, You have two other guys with him that confirm and say, Then you got to go with Bikiin, with two expert doctors that come along and say, Eat, sarikh. And the Hadush al Mishnah is that even though this is an umdana, and even though normally by umdanas you go with opinions, and therefore the Khari should go with the opinions of the three, Kamashwalan, this is a case of Safik Nefashot, therefore Safik Nefashot, like if you have to go with the opinions of the um, doctors, therefore you go with the two doctors, that's the case. Comes the Gibran says, hold it. <coughs> The second case of the Mishnah was If there was not expert doctors there So then you feed him uh, you know, according to his own uh, um, testimony Now, that's obviously a case of where the patient is saying right? You feed him on his own opinion Now, the Mishnah's mash was all one case Meaning, if you have experts, you go with the experts. If you don't have experts, you go with him. Now this is mashma michlal deresha da amar tzarich. It's mad that the whole case of the Mishnah is talking where the patient is saying tzarich. And therefore the problem, because then it comes out that according to the beginning of the Mishnah, when the patient says tzarich, you need two doctors to come along and uh, and uh, say lo uh, tzarich, which means the first case, cholem machirin oto alpi bekiin, it's much for that, what's the case? The cholem saying tzarich, uh, even the resha is talking about tzarich. And what would the case be? Look at Rashi. Michlal, the resha damar tzarich, v'afilu ha'achi ketani manitin alpi bekiin in alpi atzmo lo. Meaning you don't take his opinion, it's much from the, according to this then. I mean, he could say tzarich, uh, nothing. Your opinion means, means nothing. We need bikiim to say tzarich. Now that would be going against the opinion of Rabbi Anai. Because Rabbi Anai clearly taught us what, that if the patient says tzarich, right? Even if the doctor says, not tzarich, you feed him. But from our Mishnah, from the sefer of our Mishnah, it's mashba that the case is what, if you don't have bikiim, you listen to him. I mean, because he says tzarich. That's because you don't have doctors. But what? Same case, if you had doctors, you got to go with the doctors. Meaning, his sarikh means nothing, you got to go with the experts. So the Mishnah all is talking about sarikh. The Mishnah is actually missing some words. you got to read in. When did we say the first case in the Mishnah? That was... The case is talking where the patient said, the Hulay said, Lot Sarik, then you feed him Al Bikim, right? But Amar if the patient said Sarikani, and Sham Bikim Tre Elahad Meaning like this. The Mishnah at the end is saying like this. If the patient says Sarikh, and you don't have uh, two experts, meaning you have one expert, then already Machilinoto. But if you have two experts saying no, you go with the experts. So it comes out according to this version. The Mishnah reads as follows. Case number one. Meaning the Chole says, Lo Tzarich, 
Right? You have two expert doctors that come along and say, Tsari, you got to go with the doctors. And the Hadush is talking about what? That even though you have three on, three altogether that saying, Lotsarik, the patient plus two more, right? And you only have two expert doctors that are saying, Tsari, and normally the Umdanaz, you go with opinions, here you go with the doctors. Of course, it's a case of Piku Anefish. That's a case of Lotsarik. Aval, in the case of Tsarik, then already ma'achirin or to'al pi'at small because why there's no biki'in because there's no two because there's one when it's one against one the patient says sarik the doctor says not sarik that's exactly what Abiyah I said but it comes out according to this Gemara that if the patient says sarik and two doctors say not sarik you don't listen to the patient and that's what we do Yaakar and because Abiyah clearly said his last one was chole omer sarik rofe omer enot sarik the fame is one doctor. So that's, a, that's the key note that you have to remember in this first version of the Gemara. That when the patient says Sarikh, and two doctors come along and argue with him, you go with the doctors. And that's what the end of the Mishnah is saying. The end of the Mishnah says that if there's no Biki'in, meaning if there's no two doctors, then Ma'achilim if small. But if there's two doctors, even if he says Sarikhani, then that Gemara says another opinion. When the patient, when the Hale says, I need to eat, I don't care if there's a hundred, hundred doctors on the other side that say, Lord Sarikh. A man knows his own plight. A man knows his own bitterness more than anybody else. And therefore, you follow the chole. Oh, but what do you mean? How are you going to learn how Tenan, in en sham bekiin, ma'achidin oto al piatsmo. Right? The patient says, Sarikhani. So the Mishnah says, if you don't have two against him, you listen to him. Mashma wat, ta'amadileka bekiin. Ha'ika bikiin, no. But if you had two doctors bikiin arguing against him, you go with the doctors. Oh, that's against Mubarak Bashir. How does he learn the safe of the Mishnah? So he says a novel interpretation of the Mishnah. Ha'ika Amar. First case of the Mishnah is Lot Sarikh. Right? Lot Sarikh, then already you go with the Makhilim or Ta'al Yedeh Bikim. If you have two doctors, they Sarikh, you listen to the doctors. Abal Omer Sarikh Ani. But once the patient says, I need. En sham bekiim klal ma'achidin oto al pi atzmo shneman lebiyodei amarat nafsho, which means when it says en bekiim, it means the bekiim's opinion doesn't count. When it says en sham bekiim, meaning even if you have bekiim, en sham bekiim, but it became a worthless in this case. When you read the Mishnah, the end of the Mishnah that shown was v'im en sham bekiim. The way Morbara Vashir says that even if there is Bikiim, it's in Sham Bikiim. There's no Bikiim. Like the way that she says at the end, Kilomar in Bikiutam Klum. Their Bikiut is worthless. So it comes out, there's two ways to learn the end of the Mishnah. This is the key. <clears throat> the first way to learn the end of the Mishnah is how the Chole is saying what? The Chole is saying, Tsarikh. I need to eat. To that the Mishnah says, well, in Shambikim, so long as there's not two doctors against him, it's just one doctor, you go with the patient, you go with the Chole. But if you have two doctors against him, you go with the doctors. Mord Baravajah says, nah, when he says, Sarikhani, I don't care if you have a hundred doctors on the other side, you go with the, you go, you go with the Chole. Right, how do you learn the Mishnah? The Mishnah says, in Shambikim. Yeah, you know how to learn that? I don't care how many Bikim you have, in Shambikim. There's no Bikim over here. No, no matter how many Bikim you have, they're considered... Nothing against the opinion of the Holeh. So that's really the major nafkamina between the two opinions in a case where the patient says, Tzarikh, and you have two doctors that say, Lot Tzarikh, they already have nafkamina. According to the first version, you go to the doctors, according to Morba Ravashi, you go with the patient because of the pasuk, Lev Yodeya. Marat, that's all. Comes the next Mishnah. Mi she'ahazo bulmos. <coughs> a person on Kippur got seized with the sickness called Bulmus. What is Bulmus? Rashi says. Holy Ha'ochez Mahmat 
Re'abon. It comes from uh, starvation, a person's hungry. Enav Kehot, he starts to lose his eyesight. Ve'um misukan lamut. Already it's sekanat nefesh, he could die. Ushimbar ito chozeret, when he gets his complexion back, biyadu ashetrapeh. Then you know already he's healed. So misha azobolmos ma'achirin oto afilu devarim temeim. You feed him even things that are tameh. Until he gets, so to speak, the light of his eyes back. New point. You have somebody that got bitten by a wild, crazy dog. You do not feed the patient from the lobe of the kaved, the liver of the dog. It seems there was a certain medicinal refuah here to cure the patient by feeding it from its uh, liver, meaning the infected dog itself. Tarat Gemara says it's not so tried and tested. And therefore, we're not going to over isur to feed somebody uh, taref in a case where the, the the cure is really not confirmed. So therefore, you cannot do this uh, medicinal procedure. says no, it's okay. Rashi says why? So Rashi even though the doctors are customary to use these uh, types of healings mm-hmm. it's not such a conclusive healing he says no it works this is conclusive then you can feed it another case somebody that has a problem in his throat and this is not a mere sore throat you shouldn't even talk about this as a certain type of disease that starts in the mouth goes to the gut eventually goes down to the throat and affects his whole body it can be sakanat nefashot matilin lo sam betoch piv b'shabbat so you're able to put this uh, sam this is a certain uh, medicine of course in his uh, mouth on shabbat mepene shu safek nefashot vechot safek nefashot doche et shabbat when it comes to the laws of shabbat when it comes to life Human life takes precedence, therefore you're able to give them the medicine. Even if it means you have to crush it and do all the melachot to get him that medicine, grinding it, which is the sutorah, still you give it to him in order to cure him. Comes the comes the Mishnah and continues. The Mishnah says another case. A person, a building fell on a person, a dilapidated building, a bullet fell. Okay? Now you don't know if there's people in the building or not. So the question is now you want to go and make a recovery program in the rubble. Safik Husham, Safik Enosham. We have a Safik, is a human being there or not? Hi, Safik, hi, Safik Mit. And even if he's there, you don't know is he alive after that crumbling or not? Is he high or mid? Safik Kuti Safik is saying you don't even know if he's Jewish. Safik Kuti Safik is saying, what's the deen? Mefakirin alav etagal. You still go even on a remote safek. You don't even know if anybody's there. You don't even know if they're still alive. You don't even know if he's Jewish. You go and you start to dig up the uh, rubble in order to make recovery to try to find a human being. Mitzau, hi. If you find out that when you're there, there's somebody alive in there, certainly mitzakhin. You continue to 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 to, to dig. You continue to to to, to take the uh, to clear away the rubble. The emet. But if you find out that the person under there was dead, the point is you leave him. And the Rishonim explained the Hadush on that is, because normally by a fire, the law is that even if somebody is uh, met in a fire, the law is you take him out. Why? Because if you're going to tell the guy to leave him there, he's going to put out the fire in order to save the body from becoming mutilated. So therefore, when it comes to a fire, there's a myth to take him out. But here, nothing's going to happen. He's in the rubble already. Nothing's going to happen to the, to the body. Therefore, if he's met, leave him. And we're not worried if you tell the guy, leave him, he's going to come in now, make an isur. So that's the case of the Mishnah Tegibara. will analyze all these cases uh, in the proper place. Kansi Tegibara says, Tanur Rabbanan, Minayin ayu yud'in she'iru enav. Oh, we're talking about somebody that had bulmus. So we said what? You have to start uh, feeding him, and when he sees, he gets his eye, eyesight back. So then already, when he gets his eyesight back, you know he is cured. So they go, well, how do you know? Oh, what do you mean, how do you know? When he tells you, he can see. So the Medishonim understand this question, we're talking about it's, it's dark. 
So therefore, nobody can see anyway. So therefore, in the dark, how are you supposed to know if the guy is still in critical condition or not? You can't tell me until he sees. He can't see, nobody can see. It's pitch black. So that says, When his taste comes back to him, and he can taste the difference between good food and bad. Meaning when it comes to the taste. Which means you give him food. It seems somebody has bulmos, besides him losing his eyesight, he loses his sense of taste. And therefore, once already he starts to table the, oh, this is a good tasting food, this is a bad tasting food, then you know already that his uh, bulmos has uh, gone away. bulmos. A person has bulmos. hakal hakal. Which means, if you only have, let's say, Isurim in front of you to feed him. And the Mishnah said you could feed him even Isurim because it's a Pikuach However, we try to feed him the less severe Isur first. For example, Tebel v'nevela. You have Tebel. Tebel is untithed fruits. You have wheat, let's say. Right? You didn't take Tirumot and Ma'asrot on it. That's called Tebel. Or, and with it you have a nivela. Nivela, let's say, is an animal that was not slaughtered correctly. What do you, which one do you give him? Ma'akirin oto nivela. You give him the nevelah, why? Because wow. tevel, somebody eats tevel, it's punishable. That's a very severe punishment. Nevelah is malkut. So therefore, better to give him the less severe item. Now you would argue, ah, they're both isur. What's the difference? No, there's different levels of isur. Then we'll give him the nevelah over the tevel. Okay? Tevel the shidiyait. You have tevel, same items, untithe the perot. What's fruit of Shemi'it after the time of Isur? That's fruit of the Shemitah that is forbidden to eat them. That she says after Zman Bi'ur, after the time that you have to get rid of the uh, fruit of the field, that's what you have now. So two Isurim in front of you. Of course, which one do you give them? Shemi'it. Because again, Shemi'it is only punishable by a Lot However, Tebel is punishable what? By Mitah Bideh Shamayim. Next case. Tebel Utruma. Oh. Now you have two items that both are punishable. Mitah Tevel, the untied food with and a non-Kohen that eats Terumah also gets punished. Mitah So the question is, which one do you give the patient? Tevel which one do you give the fellow that has bulmos? Indeed, this is a ma'okit. Tanaim Netanya, we have a brighter. Machirin oto tebel. One opinion says, give him the tebel. Ve'em machirin oto terumah. Ben tema omer terumah. Ve'lo tebel. So you see, ma'okit. Tanaim the Gemara is going to explain what the source, what the basis of this ma'okit is. Amarava, Rabba said, Hecha de'efshar bechulin. Which means, if you can give the patient... Hulin meaning tithed fruit de kulaama lo peligi de metakeninan le u misafinande. What does this mean? When you have tebel, okay, let's say you have a certain amount, you have a certain quantity. Now, the guy has bulmos, right? If you're able to take the tirumot and masrot out, and there'll be enough remaining food of hulin that'll cure the patient, then everybody agrees do that. Again, you have to, let's say you have a pound of tebel, okay? But to cure this guy's bonmos, he doesn't need to eat the full pound. All he needs is, let's say three quarters of a pound, right? So that everybody agrees, what's the shayrah? Take the turumot and masrot out, make it non-tebel, make it hulin, and give him the, uh, give him to eat. That's, uh, that's, that's a no-brainer, that's not a question. Also, what's the, what's the case we're talking? The question we're talking about over here is... Where you can't separate and give him only chulin because he needs to eat the whole thing. Which is he needs the full pound. Okay? So now what are you going to do? More sabar tevil hamur. One says, oh, it's more stringent to feed him the tevil. More sabar terumah hamura. And the other opinion says, no, it's more hamur to give him terumah. Which is one opinion is going to say, you know what? Tebel is very hamurubish. You know what to do? Separate terumah. Now you'll have hulin and terumah and give him hulin and terumah. But don't give him tebel. Better to give him terumah than to give him tebel. The other opinion says, no, 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 don't separate anything. Keep it all tebel, give him the tebel. Don't separate the tebel, the hulin and terumah. That's the case of the ma'lokan over here. You understand the scenario we're talking. Comes the Gibran says, what's the logic? Turan Sabar Tevil Hamur Abat Ruma Hazya Kohen. 
Tevel has no hetir. Nobody can eat Tevel. But Tirumah at least has viability by a Kohen. So therefore Tirumah is less Hamur. So that opinion says, separate your Tirumah. Now you'll have Cholin plus Tirumah and give it to the guy who has Bolmos. Umor Sabar, Timurah Hamurah, Abal Tevel, Efshal Tikuneh. He looks at the other way. He says that Tirumah is more Hamur. Why? Because Tevel you can fix. Tevel, you can make it on Tevel. So therefore, since Tirumah's Hamura, keep it Tevel. And therefore, give the guy that has almost a full pound of Tevel. Khan the Gemaran says, Ifshar Becholin, Pshita. Now we go back to what the Gemaran said originally. That everybody agrees that if you could, let's say, take out your Tirumot Masot and give him the three quarters a pound of Cholin, uh, of course, everybody says do that. Gemaran says, of course. What's the Sheila? Is there a question if I have an option to give him Hulin? I need to give it to come and tell me that everybody agrees. To that, the Gibran says, Lord, Sericha Bishabbat. You know what the case is talking? Well, you're separating it on Shabbat. Now, we know that what? That really you're not allowed to separate Tirumot and Masrot on Shabbat because it's an Isudra Banan of Tikkun Mana. Meaning it's like you're fixing a utensil. Or the issue is over here, it's an Inyana of Mukseh. But the point is that. The Hidushes, you can even take the Tirumot and the Ma'asrot on Shabbat in order to give him Cholin. The Gemara says, Be'Shabbat, I'm in Peshita. Even on Shabbat, which means the separating, this Tiltun over here means the separating of this Tirumot is Midrabanan. It's Tikkun Mana. So, to save a guy from eating Tevel de Oraita. Of course, we make these Sudrabanan in order to, to give him Cholin. What's the Shayla? So the Gemara says, "Now how come I ask you Be'asis she'eno nakuv the Rabbanan." We're talking about over here. Where did this food come from? From an asis she'eno nakuv, a flower pot that does not have a hole. And the law is a flower pot that does not have a hole on the bottom. It's not connected to the ground at all. Anything that grows from that, minat Torah is not chayav into the mutter ma'asor. Meaning minat Torah, it's not considered tevil. It's not chayav. The rabbis came along and said, what? It's considered Tebel Midrabanan. So the Hidush of the Gemara is that what? We allow you to take the Tirumot and Ma'asrot, which means where you're definitely going to go against an Isur, Dirabanan, in order to make it kosher Midrabanan. Now, the Chaura, you could argue and say, what do you mean? Why should I change because Isur Dirabanan? Just give it to them the way. Don't like that, the food's okay. But you don't have to take Tirumot Ma'asrot. So the logic is like this. Because we're worried. If you're not going to let this guy take Tirumot Ma'asrot by the Drabanan case, he might not do it by the Deoraita case. They're going to come another case where now it's Deoraita. He's going to say, oh, hey, last time I had the stuff, they told me just feed it to him in the table state. Hey, you didn't know, that was Drabanan uh, last time. This is the Sudoraita. So the order he shouldn't come to make a mistake between Tebet the Drabanan and Tebet the Oraita. And this is a very big Hadush. The Gemara says, you know what? Transgress the Rabbanan. Take the Tirumot Masod on Shabbat in order to fix the Tirumah with Rabbanan, the food Rabbanan feed it to him. Okay? So that's the case. So then when you go back to the Gemara, and it says, but if it's Chulin, everybody agrees if it's Chulin, feed it to him. That's not a simple case. Meaning it's not about a case on Shabbat. It's not about a case where it's on Hatzit, Shenonakuf. And therefore, Mideoraita, it's really okay. Still, we let you go against the Rabbanan of Mitaken Mana to fix this. Tevel, to make it even kasher with Rabbanan, Yisirah, so you won't come to not do it in the case of Tevel Deoraita. And then you have the Mahloket, Morsavat Tevel Hamur, Morsavat Tevel Hamurah. That's the understanding. And then you have the Mahloket, in a case where it's not able to take the Turumot Mahasod, then the question is, what do you do? Do you feed him Tevel straight? Or do you say, no, separate the Tevel and make it Cholin and Terumah? That's the Mahloket between the two rabbis. Is Tevel more Hamur or is... Tiruma mor hamura comes again and says, "Lema tanaei." This concept that you just told me—that when it comes to an isur the rabbanan, for example, taking off these tirumot masot on Shabbat. So you tell me that what for gizera that it might come to isur Torah, I let you transgress the rabbanan, right? Like in the case of the asis she'eno nakuv, midorai. That's okay. Correct? But could, 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 could a guy eat these uh, f- fruits over there? Of course. But still I say what? 
transgress the Rabbanan to keep it Rabbanan. This is a subject of Mahloket Tana'im. Yeah, this is the only rabbinical law. No, it's not a Doraita. In this case over here, we're telling you keep, transgress the Rabbanan to keep this Rabbanan so you won't come to Isu Doraita. So that's a Mahloket Tana'im. How do you know? Netanya. Mishra Shachon Nachash. Guy got bitten by a snake. On Shabbat. Danger. Of course, you call a, a doctor from place to place. Meaning, no matter where the doctor is, you call him. You bring his uh, <coughs> his expertise. They're able to rip a chicken, a hen. That was an ifwa. They used to put the open uh, hen on the wound. That was uh, the cure. They go lo You go to the fields and you let him pull out leaks from the field. It seems that was also part of the refu'ah. Kirishin is leaks. And you let them, you feed them the leeks. You don't have to take ma'asir. Normally, the halakha is, you have vegetables, you have to take ma'asir. Now, the rabbi says, no, no, in this case over here, it's Shabbat, just pull the leaks out of the I mean, you're doing Yisudah Raita. You're pulling the leaks out of the ground, doesn't matter, pick one When it comes to the ma'asir, Leave it. Don't do the ma'asir. Devre Rabbi. Rabbi Al-Azab, Rabbi Shemomer, lo yochal hachi asir. He says, nothing doing. You cannot feed it to him until you take ma'asir. Which means now, let's analyze ourselves. Taking ma'asir on vegetables is only isud rabbanam. Mena Torah, you only have to take ma'asir on dagan. Dagan is a grain. So you see over here, quite the opinion of Rabbi Al-Azab, Rabbi Shimon, what is he saying? That even though Minat Torah, it's okay. We're going to let you transgress the Rabbanah of Tikkun Mana, of taking Ma'asir. What's the logic? Because maybe you're going to come one year with the same case, and it's going to be Dagan, and in that case it's going to be Yisudah So you see Rabbi Al-Azab, Rabbi Shimon, subscribes to the opinion that we said above, that what? That will make you take the ma'asir, trimo ma'asot from the asi she'enu nakuv, gezera, atuwa deoraita. And the Rabbi that says, no, don't do it. The Rabbi says, what? Uh, just give it to him without. Obviously, does not make such a gezera. So we consider this concept is actually makhluk et tanaim, Rabbi and Rabbi Zabri Shimon. So Gibraltar says, Nema, Rabbi Zabri Shimoni, Velo Rabbi. Let us say that the above opinion about the asi she'enu nakuv is Rabbi Zabri Shimon and not Rabbi. Kibra says, no, I can tell you by our case, by the Shabbat case of the Atit Shainu Nakuv, even a bee will tell you, take your Tirumot and Masrot. Why? We can make a head like this. This case is talking about vegetables. It's a leak. Rabbi says, in this case, you know what? Feed it to him. Don't take it to the Wat Maso. What are you worried? The leak species is the Rabbanan. To make a Gezerah that he might confuse a leak with a grain, that's the Oraita. I'm not trying to make such a far-fetched Gezerah. Therefore, in this case, since the Oraita, it's okay to leak, feed it to him. In the case of the grain, he'll agree. Take your... Uh, Take it to the Mot Masrot. Now go to our case of Shabbat. You have the Atit Shainu Nakuv. What's growing in the Atit Shainu Nakuv? Let's say grain. Oh, grain from an Atit Shainu Nakuv is the Rabbanan. But a grain is the species of the Oraita. So in the species of the Oraita, you can hear it to say, you're confused between, I mean, it's the same species. Right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, let me will say, hey, if I mean, let this guy say, you know what? Feed it to him this year, don't take it to the Mot of Asrot. Feed him the table. Because feed him the natural, it's okay. Next year, what's going to happen? He's going to have this grain again. He's not going to realize that this is really table de oraita, and he's going to come to confuse. So even the bee can agree by the Asishir and Akuf case, because by grains to grains, you can make a gizra, but from a vegetable to a grain, that's already far fetched. They're going with Kune Alma. Come to give an answer to the Tarot Bulmus. Now we're going to give the cure for bulmus. A person got bulmus, what do you feed him? Like, you, know, you feed him honey. Or sweets. Because honey or any type of sweets. Adam. 
it brings a person's vision back to him. Even though we don't have an explicit proof to this principle, we have a remez, we have a, a hint to this concept. Now, the backdrop of this following pasuk was that when David, uh, that Shaul Melech declared a fast, a public fast for the Jewish people, before they were going out to one of their wars. His son, Yonatan, did not hear that his father declared a fast, and he ate. So the pasuk says, Yonatan says, Reuna ki oru enai. Yonatan says, look, my eyes are uh, enlightened. Because I had some honey. So you see what? You see that when a person eats honey, he gives a or renayim, he gives his eyesight back. What Yonatan was trying to say was that really when we're going to war, we should have eaten because we have the more strength when we eat. Look at me, I ate the and I got my eyesight. So why did the Gebarah say there's no proof? Seemingly this is a very good proof. Why does the Gebarah say there's no proof but it's just a zekhir? This is a good proof. Gebarah said, I'm not bulmus because uh, Yonatan did not have bulbos. He was just saying he ate honey and his, his eyes were, uh, his vision was better. We're looking for a proof if somebody has bulbos to give him the So then, well, it's not an explicit proof, but you just need the concept. When do we say that the honey or the sweets are beneficial for someone who has bulbos? That's only after you fed him. Gotta give him regular food. Then for dessert, you give him devash uh, and that stuff. But if you give it to him before you give him regular food, migrar garir. If anything, it's only going to cause his appetite to become stronger. You're going to bring on more hunger. How do we know that? Nechtiv. Vayimsiu ish misli basadeh. Says the one in one of David's wars. They found an ish misli in the field. Vayikoto says he was famished. He was starving. They brought him el David. Vayitinudo lechem. They gave him bread. Vayochal. And he ate. Vayashkuhu mayim. Right? Then they gave him water. Then vayitinulo pela devela. Then they gave him a devela, a date, ushnet simukim and raisins. Vayochal and he ate. Vatashev ruho elav. And then his spirit came back to him. Kilo akal lechem velo shatamayim shiloshayamim veshoshalelot. So obviously it was guy that had bulmos, right? He was he was three days, three nights. He didn't uh, eat. They found him. So what did they do? What was the procedure how they cured him? First they gave him food. Only after they gave him real food, then they followed it up by dvash, by the dates, which is the sweets. And then what does it say? Then it says already his spirit came back to him. So therefore we learned the procedure is food followed by the sweets. His opinion is you give him the aliyah, the tail of the uh, sheep, which is the fatty meat of the sheep, the aliyah bidvash with honey. Even which means fine, clean flour with honey. Even if you give him barley flour, with honey, that's also helpful. Amar of Yohanan. Pamachat achazani bulmus. One time he had bulmus. I went to the uh, fig tree and I ate from the eastern side of the tree. Why did he eat from the eastern side of the tree? Because he held that the eastern side of the tree, the fruits are the most sweet. Because there the morning sun shines on that side of the tree. And the morning sun is strongest. And the Rashash explains because there's really no wind in the morning coming from the east. So the sun beats on the food gives it a sweetness. And what happens? I fulfilled on myself the pasukah. When a person has wisdom, it brings life to the ones that own wisdom. I mean, because I knew this trick of eating from the east side of the tree because the fruits on the east side are the most sweet, it saved my life. Betani Rabbi Yosef, I don't say on tam teena. Guy wants to taste a sweet fig. Yifne lemizraha. Go to the eastern side of the tree where the sun beats on it in the morning. Shneimar umimeged tevuot chamish. Umimeged is like from the Shul Megadim. Megadim is like sweet, good foods. Tevuot of the let's say of the you want to eat the sweetest of the wheat. Where do you go? Shamish. To where the sun is. The sun is when the sun rises in the morning on the east side. We never be say Avi Kazeburcha. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosef were walking on the road. Ahaze Bulmos Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda had Bulmos. He got Bulmos. Kapche le roe. So he went and he took from the shepherd his food. The shepherd was there with them, he had some bread. He was starving, he was going to die. So the Buddha went to the shepherd and grabbed the food of the shepherd. Some say the word kapem means he cleaned them out. He cleaned them out of all his uh, food and he ate it. 
Okay. I'm on the Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef, Kapata Taro'eh. You cleaned out the Taro'eh. You took all his food. When they got to the city, Ahazeh Bulmus Rabbi Yosef. This time Rabbi Yosef got Bulmus. Aderu Balgev Etzaeh. So the whole town brought out they surrounded him with Balgez jars and is platters. Meaning, the whole town came out with platters and jars of food for the Biyose. I cleaned out one shepherd. You cleaned out the whole city. Which means, according to the Halakha, for sure, the Biyuda was allowed to do what he did, because he held that to save your life, you're allowed to go even steal and take food that doesn't belong to you, so long as you pay it back. So therefore, the Biyuda, he did what he did. He said, what are you doing? You took all the food of the shepherds. And it happened to him. Look at you, you ended up taking the whole food from the city. Vetu, furthermore, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef, Ukaze, Borcha. The three rabbis were walking on the road. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yadayik, Mishma. Rabbi Meir had a principle. He would hear a person's name and he would analyze the person's name. The name of a person would tell a lot about his character to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yadayik, Mishma. Those rabbis, they weren't so careful about the names of a person. They weren't uh, analyzing the names. Kimatu, Lahu, Dukhta. They got to a certain place, all the rabbis. Ba'u, Ushpiza. They needed a, a place to stay. A host. Yavu lehu. So, uh, there was a certain host who gave him a place to stay. Amru lo mashimach. They asked the uh, balabayit, what's your name? Amar lehu kidor. My name is kidor. Amar bimi'ir says, Shema' mina adam rasha'ahu. So this guy over here must be a rasha'ah. Why? Shne'emar kidor tahpukhot hemma. It is a generation of tafukhot, of people that are uh, 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 turning, which means they turn and churn the lies, which means they make opposites. They say the truth, they turn them into lies. So this guy's a lie, he's a rasha. Can't trust him. In any event, what happened? Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, It was Eid of Shabbat. They needed a place to stay. They had their wallets with them. So they went to Kidor and they said, listen, here's our wallets, you, you watch it for us until uh, after Shabbat. Rabbi Meir didn't trust them. He didn't give him his wallet. But where did he hide it? Azal He went and he hid it at the grave of the father of this guy, the father of Kidor. He went to the cemetery, put it on uh, the grave of Kidor's father. Et Kidor's father came to him in a dream on Friday night and he told him come and get the wallet that's resting on my head which is his father in a dream tipped off his son to come and steal the wallet that's in the cemetery the next day Kidor wakes up Shabbat he tells the rabbis you know, I had a very strange dream last night my father came to me told me there's a wallet by, my, uh, by his gravesite come and get it Amri le, so they tell him, especially to be meir, helma de beshim she led be mamasha. Don't pay attention. Friday night dreams, they're insignificant. Which means because it's a day of rest, your mind is wandering. Nah, we don't pay attention to Friday night dreams. Meanwhile, the Bimi'ir knew that it was the truth. So what did he do? Azar the Bimi'ir, the went to the cemetery. Venatre kuli yoma. He stood there to protect his wallet the whole Shabbat. And then after Shabbat, he brought it. The Mahar, the next day, after Shabbat was over, Amrulo. So now the other rabbis tell Kidor, Havran Kisan. Alright, give us back our money, give us back our wallets. Amrude, Amalehu, Lo Ayudivari Meolam. What wallets? Never happened. I don't have anything. Never happened. Amalur Bimir. So Bimir says, Am I Lord Daikitu Bishma? Wouldn't you listen to me? Why weren't you careful to analyze his name? Which means, how come you didn't tell us? Which means you should have uh, warned us. Listen, when I go after the names, it's only a suspicion. It's not a hazaka, which means, listen, I can't clearly say that the guy is a crook. I'm careful in the names. To me, I hear a bad name, I'm suspicious. But I can't go now and tell people that they can't trust the guy. So, now they have to figure out how they're going to get their money back. So they made a ruse. Mashku, they brought the owner, Kidor, and they brought him to a place, the Mephashi's train, a bar, to drink. 
they figured they'll get him drunk. <coughs> in his drunkard state, he'll uh, divulge uh, where the money is. Well, they didn't get him drunk. But it worked out for them in a different scenario. What happened? Hazu They saw that there was lentils on his beard. So they assumed he must have just came from a meal that they had. Lentils. So what they do? Azlu, they went to his house where his wife was. They gave a sign to his wife. Meaning they said, your husband sent us here to pick up our wallets. And he gave us a sign so you'll know that we're telling the truth. You had lentils for dinner. So she heard, oh, how, does, how do they know? Oh, it must be uh, that Kidon must have told them. And she gave them the wallets, and they took the wallets. The Aitu, and they brought it to him. They told Kidon, eh, see, we got our wallets back. He was angry. He went and he killed his wife. <laughs> this is what we have in the Braita. Braita says the following: Ma'im rishonim hechilo basar chazir, ma'im acharonim arguet anefesh. There's two stories. Ma'im acharonim caused somebody to die. That's the story we just read. Meaning, if this guy kidor would have filed halakha to make ma'im acharonim, what does a person do after he eats? Usually he washes his hands. And if she says if he washes hands, usually he, you know, he cleans his uh, face. Therefore, if he would have filed halakha ma'im acharonim. He would have saved somebody's life. What was the case? So that she tells the story. There was a certain uh, fellow that had a, uh, a place of where he dispensed meat. He sold kosher meat and non-kosher meat. It seems that in the time the Guim did not allow to sell kosher meat. So he would uh, you know, have kosher meat in his stock, but he did it uh, you know, clandestinely. Now how would he know which customer to give what? So if he would see the customer make the tilat yadayim before he ate, this guy's Jewish, you give him kosher meat. If he didn't see him make the tilat yadayim, so he said, this guy's not Jewish, he would give him basar hazir. And she says the basar hazir was cooked. So the, what happened was, a guy came in, Jewish, he didn't make the tilat yadayim, the mind bishonim, he fed him hazir. Now when you're looking at it, you can't tell, it's cooked, the meat is meat. After he ate it, he said, hey, what was this meat over here? What do you mean? Basar hazir, basar hazir, I'm Jewish. You're Jewish, how come you didn't make uh, Ma'im Nishonim? So if it says Ma'im Nishonim, because he didn't do it, it caused him to eat Basar Azir. But eventually these rabbis themselves adopted the opinion of Rabbi Meir to start analyzing a person's name. Why? They got to a certain house, to a certain right house, his name was Bala. They didn't want to stay by the guy's house. Why? This guy must be a rasha. And I said to the one that is aged from adultery. Bala means to be worn out. So the word bala is used in a pursuit that you have a person that becomes aged and worn out. Why? Because of excessive adultery. So they said, oh, this guy must be a rasha over here. The name is Balai. That, that word has been written in the Pasuk of adultery. Therefore they did not enter it. Baruch Amen. Amen.